Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Scumbags! Rage! Sports Rage with Gabe Morency. Rage all you want. Level two, let's roll. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Morenci. The pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people of Boston, and everybody else in between throwing it down as the National Basketball Association playoffs get uh, thrown down. And they're off and down the stretch they come. And the favorites cash in all four basketball uh, games. The Denver Nuggets and the Utah uh, Jazz. Great game earlier in the day, but similar. The first game was similar to the last game in which it was affected uh, by poor officiating. And you know it's bad when the king steps up and in. The king has spoken. And I'm not talking about uh, Larry King going to uh, the Dukes for some uh, matzo ball soup after the show. I'm talking about the other king, LeBron James. LeBron James says it was a bogus, a bogus call that Chris uh, Tapps got ejected for the basketball game uh, this evening. And I don't know, man. Is it just me that's wondering right now, though? <laughs> that, you know, LeBron James, if this was like any other teams, or LeBron James have something to say about this? But if you're LeBron James, you want to see the Los Angeles Clippers lose. You know what I mean? And the Los Angeles Clippers could have lost. You got to give props to the Dallas Mavericks. The Mavericks were right there without Kristaps Porzingis. Their offense hit a wall, then they sort of lit it up again after the fact. Then it kind of hit a wall again. Uh, but that's just not right, man. People, like, really... People, like, don't tune in for the referees, and it's the damn playoffs. I mean, come on, guys. You used to, like, throw basketballs at people in the playoffs and not get kicked out. And not to mention, you know what? The first technical that Porzingis got was garbage to begin with. They were both garbage. But Marcus Morris does his job. You know what? He's an antagonist. Antagonist. Uh, he's, he's an instigator. Instigator. <laughs> that's, uh, that's his job, and he did it well. He got Kristaps Porzingis kicked out of the game. Uh, all right, so the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, did it well today. They get it done. They're one game away from exercising the demons of the Columbus Blue Jackets. The Colorado Avalanche throttle Arizona 7-1 final score. Meanwhile, Boston lose to Rask. It doesn't matter. They go back-to-back. They win again. They beat the, uh, the Carolina Hurricanes 4-3 final score. Meanwhile, the Vancouver Canucks of uh, let. The St. Louis uh, Blues off the mat. And as the Madison steps up in the next and joins us, Vince Michelle knows when you've got your opponent beaten and you can't let him up. Sports rate late night. Bring it. Sports. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, everyone. It's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down and too many people fall victim to the picture perfect image of the high life. So I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We, we going to learn. And most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is going to be your church, your turn up and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Rage it up. Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Rage all you want. Sports Rage Late Night continues. I am Renzi. Vent your rage. All right, shout out uh, to uh, to Southern California. Specifically, you know what? Shout out to our crew uh, in San Diego. It's great to be on board on the mightier uh, 1090. Uh, but we've got a lot of rageaholics, and we've met a lot of you guys already uh, in San Diego. Our main man, Chris Edge, uh, great guy. And a shout out to the first responders, Paco, uh, Paco Healy in, in the house, uh, repping. Our boy uh, Shell Dog uh, Crash. We could go on and on. Uh, we hope to hear from you, but we're kicking it in Simi Valley uh, right now. We're talking to a man who just improved to thirteen and two. He's on a six and one run right now. Six. Listen, guys, it's hard to like bet seven times. Like go six and one betting. Imagine going six and one fighting <laughs> in a UFC. Imagine going six and one fighting in the parking lot outside of like a Seven Eleven. It's not happening. This guy is six and one in his last seven. In the UFC, Vince Pichel steps up and in. Vince, uh, it's great to have you back, my man. Welcome to Sports Rage Late Night. Congratulations on the win. Thanks for joining us. Hey, we're we're doing great, man. Thanks, uh, thanks for joining us, bro. So, um, you know, quite the run you're on uh, right now. And I don't know if you, you know, you ever look at the numbers or you know, you go over a fight after. Uh, but SureDog has some great stuff uh, up here right now. So they're saying 36 appearances for Miller, the most of any fighter in the history uh, of the business, 45 career submission attempts uh, for Miller uh, as well. Um, and, you know, he's like a snake in the grass, man. He's always he's always sort of there. He's always sort of there. He went for the late guillotine uh, late. But you know what? You beat him at his own game. And it seemed like you had a hell of a lot of fun in there. Tell us about the fight. Um, yeah, man. Jim Miller, uh, he's known for his jiu-jitsu. He's known for subbing dudes and, and good grapplers, too. So, yeah, man, it, it was definitely a tough fight. Um, I came ready, though, and I came prepared and uh, showed everyone that uh, I'm, I'm not a – I don't know. <laughs> I guess people might sleep on me because of the Gregor fight, but uh, now, they, now they really can't, can they? 
Now, what I like, and I, I, I heard you after the fight, and I always find this interesting because I always think about reverse psychology. And you even said, listen, Miller's known for this. He's known for, like, submission. He's known for grappling, and he's freaking good at it. But he knows you know that, so he comes in and starts throwing with you a little bit, right? And even you, you're like, God oh, damn, man, this guy's throwing more than I thought. <laughs> and he's, 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 he's tagging you a bit. And then... You know, during the broadcast, like, Rogan was like, oh, I can't believe this, in which you're going for the takedowns after. So, you know, t talk to me about that, in which it's like a battle of wills, in which you're both trying to beat each other, what the supposed strength is in there, and you clearly won that battle of wills, didn't you? Yeah, um, <laughs> my coach actually jokes about me with that because, We'll go into a fight, and he'll be like, listen, this guy is a striker. This guy is a grappler. He's got a little advantage on you. I don't want you playing his game. I want you using your strength and taking him out this way. And I'm the, I'm the guy that's like, yourself, watch this, and then I'll out, I'll out grapple the guy. Or I'll strike the guy. I'll, I'll prove myself, and then I'll test myself. <laughs> but like, that's basically what I did. Uh, once I got a hold of him, realized uh, how much stronger I was than him. I just, you know what I mean? Why, why fix a broken thing? I just kept, I just mauled him. Yeah, and that's, you know, that that's what you did, actually. That's the thing that st st stuck out there the most. So what is it about, um, you know, because I got to tell you, man, you looked uh, damn good. And I mentioned, too, you had fun right from when, when Buffer called your name, man, and, and you were like, damn right, let's go. What was it like without fans in there? Is it sort of like, like being on The Ultimate Fighter, actually? Because you seem pretty comfortable, but what was your experience like fighting without fans? What did you think it was like? Honestly, it's just, yeah, it's just like being on the ultimate fighter. I'm kind of used to it, right? Um, I grew up street fighting, so I'm not really, I, I started fighting in situations where there wasn't huge crowds or any, or any, a lot of times not even there. So I was, I was kind of used to it. It was, it was just right at home for me. But, uh, yeah, I guess the ultimate fighter gave me a lot more experience in that aspect, but uh, it didn't really bother me. Honestly. It helped me, uh, honestly, it kind of helped me uh, concentrate on the fight a little more. Now, you know, and he almost, like, so like I said, man, Jordan, did that just come natural? So, you know, he calls your name, and you're like, yeah, let's go, ah! <laughs> right after. I think Miller, you caught Miller, like, you know, he sort of looked over. He's thinking, all right, man, Vince really, really came to fight uh, tonight. And, you know, something you brought up, too, and I've heard fighters say this about how, so you can hear the other corner, right? You can hear the other corner, and you can hear, yeah, you can yeah. hear the, the announcers, too. What's that like? Because you said that basically when they're giving advice, they're giving you sort of advice, right, on what to do as well when they're talking to their fighter. <laughs> yeah, and that's kind of what I did. That's why I was kind of slow the first round. I was actually uh, I was watching his movement, um, listening to his coaches and seeing how they, were how they basically trained to fight me, and then I made the adjustments. Um, but it definitely, it definitely does help. I told my, I actually told my coach before the fight too, like in the middle of the rounds, like I don't want you guys screaming a lot of shit. I want you guys like, just give me one or two things and keep your mouth shut because he can hear you, right? Like it's gonna be quiet as hell in there. So I don't want you giving away what, what my yeah, strategy yeah. is or what we're gonna go for in here. So like, somebody wants him and just let it slide, right? You can just look for it. I'll do it. Yeah, and, and you know it's interesting actually because yeah, it's totally different now. So without giving away, you know, tricks in a trade, but, you know, I guess you don't want to think too much, but, you know, can't you just sort of go with decoy signs and stuff like that? Because, 
you know, listen, I, I'm always amazed, too, when somebody, you know, the, the corners are yelling, like, kind of obvious stuff. And I've always wondered that, too. And I'm thinking, man, everybody hears you saying this uh, right now. But as far as, so when you're walking out oh, yeah, and stuff. No, we, we got code words with stuff. We got code words with stuff. Yeah, I, I would yeah, assume, we, we right? So, words, um, but it's not a typical code word. <laughs> you're like, not like, uh, like, uh, like Peyton Maddox. Omaha, Omaha, <laughs> start rolling it out. Just start calling out, uh, start calling Omaha out as we're kicking it with uh, kind of, Vince. Uh, it's pretty Vince close that, actually. Uh. <laughs> What's that, Vince? My my coach Petey actually will call out uh, techniques by by certain fighters. So when when we go over some stuff, we we take a lot of stuff from boxers, other kickboxers. So he'll be like. I don't I like Andy, 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 he would be like, bust the Andy on me, or he'll, he'll be like, give me the Mayweather, or, or give me the Georgia. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's like, we use stuff like that. That way people don't really know. I like it. I like it. We're, we're kicking it, uh, we're kicking right. it with Vince Pichel. So, yeah, one thing good. I noticed about, I noticed about Jim, and I've always been fascinated by him. Listen, he's such a tough dude, like, ultra respect for the guy. Um, so, you're trying so, to actually choke him yeah. out. You're trying to choke him out, and like I said, so he's known for this, and people think, because even I, and listen, I, I laid it down on you, man, uh, so I owe you I owe you some drinks, bro, but I'm thinking even me, I'm like, all right, you know what I mean? Like, you, you, you did great me? on- You bet against me? No, I bet on you. Oh, I'm not betting against you. Come on, I bet on you, bro. Uh, it's documented. <laughs> yeah, it's posted. Oh, no, I bet on you. That's why I'm saying I owe you some drinks for, for the win, all right? But I'm not going to lie. I was like, all right, oh, okay. man, he did a great job on, on the mat in the first round. But I was like, yeah, let's not do that again after. And then you're like, no, 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 let's do this again. <laughs> and you went right back to it. I'm like, all right, and pretty, you're pretty comfortable. And like I said, your your strength was a big difference. But the dude's got no neck, bro. Like his head is just sort of like stuck on top of this like short, crazy, like tough body. Like what? What's it like trying to choke a dude out? Like that yeah, doesn't have it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the and the dude's got a monster head, man. Like Jim Miller, he's a tough dude, but he's a little caveman, that guy. He had a monster head, yeah. <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna be taking a break in a second. We got Vince Michelle, uh kicking it with us. We'll keep uh, Vince for a couple of minutes uh, on the other side here. Sports Rage Late Night. We'll see what's uh, up coming up next. Uh, for Vince as he continues to go on this run right now, six and one in the UFC. Uh, you know, listen, like I said, I don't care. Six, six and one anywhere, not easy to do. Sports race late night, and your rage. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. 
I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. You're listening to Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Sports Rage Late Night continues. I'm Gabriel Moranzi. We're kicking it uh, with Vince Michelle, UFC. Uh, victorious. Uh, just beat uh, Jim Miller, a man who has fought uh, more than anybody else in the history of the UFC, man. That, that's pretty crazy. And a nice uh, feather in the cap uh, right there. So I asked you about the fan uh, experience, and I sort of thought about that. It sort of does look like the ultimate fighter type of stuff. But what was it like as far as, you know, well, you know how what, how hard was it for you, like to train for this? What's it like, you know, in the COVID world for you right now as a UFC fighter, bro? Well, I live in California, so it's kind of messed up right now. But uh, and we got to sit those with tulips because people are getting paid to snitch on people for disobeying the these these communist mandates that are going on right now. But I mean, that's not really too bad, honestly. <laughs> I've been in camp the whole time. Uh, I've been trying to get a fight for a couple months here. I basically told my coach Jay, or my manager Jason, I was like, "Hey man, like, give me a fight. If it's short notice, let me know who it is. Otherwise, just say yes and tell me who it is later. Like, I need a fight. Give me a fight." And then uh, they hit me up on the third about Jim Miller. I said, "Cool, let's do it." Announced the fourth. Went to camp that week. Went to Vegas for fight week, and then fought on Saturday. So, you know, we see, like, the NBA's in a bubble and stuff like that. So what's the deal? They test you a couple of days before. You've got to pass a couple of tests, and then, you know, you're sort of in a hotel uh, bubble after that. Oh, How does it work? A lot, actually. Yeah, we got tested a lot. So I had, to, I, had to, I had to pass a COVID test before I was even able to go out to Vegas for fight week. Yeah. So I did that. Um, went out to Vegas. Fight week starts Tuesday. Went out there Tuesday. The COVID test was Tuesday. We're quarantined for until they get test results, which is the next morning. Um, we had to have badges. They had to switch our, our colored tags on it every day to make sure that we were COVID tested. Uh, we went through the week. I think we had COVID tested again Friday. I want to say, yeah, Friday we COVID tested again. Um, had to quarantine until Saturday morning, day of the fight, get your results, then you can do whatever you want until, until you get a report for the fight. So we had to, pass, I had to do three COVID tests. Me and my coaches. And then after each test, we had a quarantine uh, while we were out in Vegas for a day. Does it it's ultimately out? It's actually not, not too bad of a process. Like, I, I'm, I'm kind of I'm like, I, I, don't, I don't say I'm anti-mask, but I don't wear masks in public, right? And I was kind of just following the rules, and it really wasn't too bad to do it just, just for the sake of, like, us being able to do what we do, you know? Us yeah, being yeah. the sport. And, and then uh, – Without the crowd, it is a little trippy because it's super quiet, but I, I, it doesn't really bother me. It might bother some guys, but I think a lot of guys actually kind of like it because it's more like a gym setting, honestly. 
And you know, that's, that's what I was gonna say. Like, music, I, some gyms are like quiet when you try. I guess it's different for everybody, right? I mean, some guys might get nervous, right, with big crowds, and some dudes feed off of it. So it's it's a little bit uh, it's a little bit different for everybody. Yeah. But let me ask you. So you know, it it is weird, and you know, so you're you're holed up, you're you're isolated more. But ultimately, does it help? Did it help your focus at all? Is, you know, you, I've seen some of these Vegas fights, bro, and stuff like that. And you got a million people coming up. Hey, can I get your picture? And you know, and it's a, it's a circus. You know the drill. You know what these somebody's like. These cards are like with people yeah. everywhere. Yeah. And it's easy to get distracted yeah. a bit, right? And no matter who you are, right? And even with your own personal life, did it almost help you? Does it help you as a fighter that hey? I can't even talk to anyone. I can't. I got to only focus on this. I don't have a choice. I'm sort of isolated. I'm in quarantine. <laughs> um, for for me, no, because I, I I like when I'm in a camp or or I have a fight, I'm on a strict schedule. Like I'm pretty strict about my stuff. I don't I don't allow myself to really slack. I mean, I do slack a little bit if if I am given like a little window. I'll I'll like you know what I mean. I'm either, either a little much or I'll do something like that, right? Or I'll Instead of doing one training session, I'll go do a recovery session where I stretch and roll out and do a light little workout, you know what I mean, or maybe jog or something. Like, just that kind of stuff that, that I would do. But I'm always, I'm constantly busy. So, man, I was at the PI every day, and then I was training with my coaches once a day while I was out in Vegas. I was out in Vegas for that fight week from Sunday. Yeah, from Sunday till Sunday, basically, seven days. So I was going to the PI in the morning and then training with my coaches at night. Um, I, was, I had a pretty busy schedule while I was even out there and just could wait the fight before the fight, sit in that little, uh, that little microwave box that they give us <laughs> and, uh, cut my, cut my water weight, make 156. <laughs> the microwave, the I microwave the box. Too. A lot of people were sending me messages. Yeah. We, uh, yeah. The UFC gives us like little personal saunas that we sit in. Take like a little box of your head sticks up the top, and you just, just cook your body. Yeah, I gotta tell you though, man, Something you look like damn good. Hydrate. No, you you looked uh, you looked damn good. So I wanted to ask you too. Yeah, man, I, I feel good. So, uh, you know, Dana Dana doesn't strike me as the type of dude. Dana White doesn't strike me as the type of dude that um, that is a big fan of coronavirus and like his operation sort of being hindered uh, by this. But the process that you just talked about, and all the cards, yeah, and all the cards that he's put on, it's gone off without a hitch. He's really put a lot of work into this, and you know the process about it. And like I said, there hasn't been any any issues. And man, we've had quite a few quite a few freaking cards right now, uh, Vince, in, in the UFC. Talk to me about what Dane has done and the work yep. the UFC's put yep. in here, because even the haters are gonna have to say, you know what? These guys have done a damn good job with this. You know what Dan has done? Dan has done what no other sport can do. He made it safe for us to still function as a sport, a combat sport, and fight each other and still remain safe from COVID with all the testing and all the precautions and all the rules that are implemented right now. So, honestly, he's, he's, done, the, he's done the best job in my eyes as far as the sport goes where guys like guys aren't slipping by the cracks and competing or being around other guys if they are sick, them or their coaches, right? Which is which is not happening in any other sport that's still going right now when, when guys get COVID. So I tell you, in you know, that aspect, he, he's done what, what no other, in my eyes, no other sport has done. 
Yeah, and I'm not here to, you know, oh, I'm going to I'm going to pump Dana's tires and, you know, God knows, I, you know, in other times I've gone the opposite route, but I give credit where credit's due. Yeah, I give credit where credit's due. You know what I mean? Cuz I'm sure he's taking yeah, his man. personal feelings aside and yeah. said, "I got to run a business." And I'm telling you, listen, the guy's done it all in the industry. I think this is kind of his best work actually after all this, you know, going up against the challenges uh that you know that I'm sure that he's faced behind the scenes and, and moving forward. So one thing that they've been going, man, it's been one card after another. And you said it took a little while to get this fight. What do they tell you after the fact about, listen, you just won. You look damn good doing it. I'm sure you'd like to make more money and get back into the octagon. When can we see you in the cage again? And, you know, what, what, what did they tell you? What, who do you want to fight? What can we expect next now? Nothing for certain yet, but uh, by the end of the year, most definitely, I'm I'm looking for a fight again. Um, anybody, uh, anybody on the radar uh, right now? After you know, you just fought a legend, so you know, you obviously going to want another another name uh, fighter right now. Does anybody catch your eye uh, in a division? Honestly, um, I don't really have like anyone per se in mind. I, I really wasn't looking past Jim Miller. Uh, I was just so concentrated on beating him. If I'm honest, that that was a, I was that was a very uh, that was a very stressful fight for me. So I was taking on Jim Miller on short notice. I'm like, <laughs> Jim Miller's been fighting in the UFC since I've been fighting amateur. Like he's like he's not a. I knew it wasn't gonna be an easy guy to fight. Fight smart. So I was a little stressed out about the fight to be honest. I didn't really think about anyone else. But um, honestly. Shelby's gonna come up to me, give me a couple names, be like, "Hey, we got we got this guy, this guy." He'll give me one name, and I'll most likely say yes. And then there we go, we'll have a fight. So it's just yeah, kind of like we just, I just play, I just play day by day. Man. I was gonna say one thing about Miller too. The, he's on a roll too. Yeah, you know, he's three and one in his last four fights as well. You know, yeah. and and he's been fighting a lot, right? So he's been he's been fighting a lot. So hopefully they get you a fight sooner rather than later. And uh, they they get you a, another another nice uh, name opponent. And hey, listen, man, congratulations! I'm, I'm glad that you're healthy again right now. 13 and two, you should be proud. Six and one uh, run right now in the UFC isn't easy, uh, any under any any circumstances. So keep up the uh, you know can continue success, uh, bro. And I hope your phone rings sooner rather than later. We'll definitely do this again. But uh, continue continued success, Vince. Thanks for taking the time to be with us. Uh, thank you, Gabe. Thanks for having me, brother. Had a good time. There's uh, Vince uh, from Hal Pachel. Hell and back with uh, with Vince uh, Pachel. Victorious against Jim Miller. Like I said, 6-1 and one run uh, right now. And, uh, no, we cashed uh, with him. He was a minus uh, 138 uh, favorite. And that's all you need to know, actually. Like, if, if I was a fighter, I would, like, you know, I'd want to know the points. I'd want to know what the odds are. And you can gauge the, the respect factor. And like I said, Miller's a legend, and you know Miller's a more of a, a household name uh, than than Vince is, right? So the average, just typical sort of casual fan is gonna know is gonna know Miller more. Yet the odds makers, and and like I said, Miller was three and one in his last four fights coming into this, but the odds makers had uh, had Vince nearly uh, minus one forty favorite, minus one thirty eight favorite, the sign of respect, and uh, he convincingly won the fight uh, as well. It was. It was actually it was one of those deals that I wish I would have put more uh, money uh, on it. So yeah, thanks to uh, thanks to Vince uh, for kicking it uh, with us here 
uh, this evening, man. This show's just flying by uh, here once again. We're going to get a little bit of uh, the puck action. The SEC has uh, released their schedule as well. College football is around the corner. NFL football. And listen, man, they're they're proceeding as the, the regular season, you know, as it's as per scheduled. There's no preseason at all, which you know is just going to lead to a bunch of injuries once they actually start playing for real. But listen, we'll take it one day at a time. Yet I don't think football has this thing as airtight as as the UFC does. We'll hit that on the other side. As you know, Dana White hates like the coronavirus. You know, he hates masks and he hates all that stuff. Yet he also runs the business. And I'll tell you what, they've done a damn good job keeping people safe and running their operation. Portrait's late. I continues. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rage it up. Sports Rage with Gabe Morency. Rage all you want. Thanks to Vince Michelle uh, for joining us. Thanks to Whale Capper. Quick as 120 minutes in sports. Uh, just uh, flying by here this evening. Shout out to uh, everybody tuning in in San Diego, Los Angeles, surrounding areas. Shout out to all of our regulars uh, out there uh, as well. Cool now that you can get us um, you know, on the AM terrestrial side of things. Great lineup throughout the day on the Mightier 1090. And um, you know what? We look forward to visiting uh, in the future uh, as well. All right. Um, so NBA basketball, pretty crazy day. Pretty pretty crazy day. And Whale Copper joined us earlier. And I absolutely, listen, we, we slayed the props today. At one point, we were 16 and four on the day. And then, you know, we hit a wall a little bit late. Porzingis getting kicked out of the game. And I didn't have any Porzingis props. But Porzingis getting kicked out of the game changed the dynamic. And we had the over in the basketball game, and it stayed under by, like, a, you know, a bucket. I had 229 and a half, and it stayed under by a bucket. It went to 228. Uh, there were some numbers at 231, 232, et cetera. Um, if Porzingis doesn't get unfairly kicked out of the basketball game, the game's going to go over the number. So anybody that had the over totally got screwed. Anybody that had the Dallas Mavericks, let's be real. The Mavericks are going to cover the point spread. They nearly covered the number without them. All right? So I think anyone that had the over got screwed. Anybody that had the uh, the Mavericks plus the points got screwed. And conversely, I had, like, uh, I had a prop with the rebounds and the assists with Luka Doncic. And there was no assist anymore because he had to score all the time. I knew that was going to happen. I was like, I'm screwed now with this prop. Because Doncic's not going to pass the ball anymore because Porzingis is, like, automatic, right? You know, besides Hardaway, there's no one really that's going to score. So now Luka's going to score a hell of a lot more. And I was exactly right. The referees did a real screw job, man. Like, that just wasn't right. And I was, you know, I was going to say, you know, I didn't plan on coming on L.A., uh, our uh, debut uh, show in the L.A. market here tonight and rip the L.A. uh, Clippers. 
But whatever. No one likes the Clippers anyways. So I'm going to rip the L.A. Clippers. They're just annoying. You know, Beverly, like the Clippers just sort of have this swagger about them, even though they've never won anything before besides Kawhi. Yet they're damn good, man. You know, they are a damn good basketball team. Yet I tell you what, Dallas, listen, Dallas are like Dallas are for real, real. Like not this year, but like next year, the following year, like Dallas are like a year or two away from like being like NBA champions. I don't think I'm going out on a limb when I'm saying this. Like Don, you Doncic's like a star. Like the, he's still a kid. Porzingis needs to chill out a bit and you know get some discipline. Yet whatever. I'm not gonna blame Porzingis really. And let's give credit to Marcus Morris. Marcus Morris did what he's supposed to do. He he pissed them off. No, and the thing is with more, you know, the thing is too with Porzingis and Morris, you're kind of wasting your time getting in Morris's face because what are you gonna do? You're not really gonna fight him anyways. Like, Morris will, like, kick anyone. Like, he'll kick the crap out of anybody in the NBA, basically, almost. And he got Porzingis kicked out of the game. And then Morris had a hell of a game after the fact. So, you know what? Morris is the MVP for the Clippers tonight. I'll tell you that. I'll tell you that. As far as tomorrow is concerned, uh, we'll go to the pipelines here in a second. Uh, But as far as tomorrow is concerned, listen, I'm not, I don't love love laying 12 and a half points in a basketball game. I, you know, it opened at 10 a couple of nights ago. We told you we thought it was a soft number at 10. It's up to 12 and a half. I do think Milwaukee absolutely like just assault them though. Milwaukee probably wins like 128, 128, 105 or 128, like 110 or something. Sort of like, you know, kind of like similar to the, the, the Raptors and the Nets game. Team total could be the way to go here for Milwaukee. Milwaukee, you're going to want to set the tone a little bit, all right? They didn't play well in the bubble, but now it's for real. They're not just going to mail it in. They're going to want to set a tone. And setting a tone means kicking the crap out of the Orlando Magic. The next game up is really tricky, but I'm I'm going with the Pacers. Well, let the world uh, go surfing with the Miami Heat. I'm going to go to uh, middle America here. I'm going to the Midlands. That's why no one likes the Pacers. They're just boring. They have boring players, boring uniforms. They're from a boring city, you know, so whatever, against the flashy Miami Heat. But I'm not so sure the Miami Heat are four points better than they are on a neutral court. I really like the Oklahoma City Thunder. I think the Thunder beat these guys in, like, six. Whale Capper was surprised at my assessment of this series. Like, why? Like, to, you know, people say, listen, Denver, nice, whatever. Was Denver, a two-man operation with Joe Kitchen and Murray. But if you ask me personally, who's that third team in the West besides the Clippers and the Lakers, who are obviously the teams to beat in the Western Conference, to me, it's the Oklahoma City Thunder. And like I said, they're the best team against the spread in the National Basketball Association, and people seem to uh, discount uh, that. I like the uh, I like the Thunder. Uh, here to take game one against the uh, the uh, the Houston Rockets. And then you get the Blazers and the Lakers. I think the best bet in the Blazer-Laker game, and we're going to be on right after this game, I think the best bet in this game is, like, to take the over. There's going to be points in this game. All right? There's going to be points. Portland are very good, like, offensively, but Carmelo Anthony and Trent, like, they've got a lot of weak spots defensively. And the Lakers are going to be able to exploit it. And quite frankly, Portland's offense is just unstoppable. And Portland have played nine games in the bubble, the eight, eight regulars, the eight like sort of uh, seeding season games. 
and then the one play-in game, nine games, eight and one to the over. I think this next one's going to go over the number as well. Let's send it to the Windy City, Chicago. Big card, Julio steps up and in. And uh, Julio's probably coming to offer me an intervention as we've told Julio in the past that he plays too many games. That's why I called him Big Card Julio. Yet uh, Julio uh, came back at me today. Colossal card, Morency. Yeah, you're right, Julio. And I danced with the devil one too many times. <laughs> like There was like four games and I had nine picks per game basically with all the props and everything the first the first 27 worked out well like i said porzingis getting kicked out of that game really screwed me bro there was a domino effect of losing the total and losing a couple of props that would have won that just would have like it changed the complexion of the game dude they were cruising along after he was gone they scored nine points in like 10 minutes after that but anyways how you doing julio gabe you know gabe I'm doing well, Gabe. Congratulations. Cheers to being on the Mightier in uh, San Diego. It's a, uh, it's a true, it, for anyone who wants to like own their own radio station and stuff like that, it's a, it, it's a dream what Scott and everyone's doing out there in San Diego. So cheers to the Mightier and cheers for uh, Gabe being on out in the West coast. Gabe, you know, you, sometimes when you play a, a large card, the, the juice is going to catch up to you, my friend. Well, yeah, now you're telling me this. I, I kid though. I, <laughs> Yeah, all all kidding aside, you know, cheers, cheers, cheers on the good night, and you know that's the goal when you when when we play uh, large cards every night. If you can either end up even or on the plus side of things, it it, it ends well. And uh, I'm thankful the uh, St. Louis Blues Vancouver Vancouver Canucks game stayed under the number. That uh, definitely helped my that's night. I'll be quick. Both teams. Both teams to score over two and a half goals. Petty St. Germain and RB Leipzig minus 121 tomorrow in Champions League. The way the trends are going with some of these uh, underdogs pulling away with upsets, I kind of I'm kind of tempted at taking uh, RB Leipzig at plus 350. Uh, PSG are the stronger side. Mbappe is going to be playing. Uh, I have Maria is going to be playing for uh, for Paris on top of Neymar. They are the stronger side. They should beat Leipzig on paper. But part, my gut is telling me to take Leipzig at plus 350. I might put a little bit of stake, but I'm definitely going both teams to score over two and a half goals, minus 121 PSG RB Leipzig tomorrow. I'm going back to the well with my White Sox. They played very well last night against Detroit. Give me White Sox minus one and a half, plus 112 against the Tigers tomorrow. Over nine and a half, minus 104, Baltimore and the Jaybirds. Uh, let's see. Uh, give me the Rockies again. They fought. They fought hard, even though they lost two to uh, two to one against the Astros. Rockies plus 188 tomorrow afternoon against the Astros. And in the NHL game, I think the puck luck comes back to the the Habs. Give me Montreal plus 114 against the Flyers tomorrow afternoon, under five and a half goals. And uh, that's it for my card right now, Gabe. Hey, always a pleasure to class act, uh, Big Card. I got to tell you, though, Big Card, your, uh, your Montreal needs some work. I like that. <laughs> Give me Montreal. <laughs> I was listening, you know, I was listening to card. Jim Houston on Sportsnet, and he kept saying Montreal. So I'm like, ooh, Jim Houston. He's, he's one of my favorite play-by-play guys. If I could be a tenth of Jim Houston, I think I could have a decent career. So uh, I got to practice my Montreal, Gabe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Morial. Yeah, Jim Houston. He doesn't, he's, he's not, he doesn't say it well either. He's, he's, and he's great, great hockey broadcast. Yeah. Jim Houston. You should check out Chris Cuthbert too. Very good. Chris Cuthbert, one of the best, uh, best in the business, play by play guys. 
Um, hey, but uh, may, may the winners be yours, uh, Julio. Uh, great stuff. And I do agree. Yep. I hear what you're saying here, actually, Julio. And I don't know if you're still there, actually, but I'll just continue what he's I'm saying. Here. About Paris Saint-Germain and Leipzig, there's something about it, and when you hear your inner voice, it's the same thing. I got to be honest, bro. We were talking about these damn games on Friday night, last Friday night. I knew deep inside Man City would choke, bro. I was like, any chance Lyon does it again? Why not? Like, this COVID soccer stuff is upsets. Look at Portland and and Orlando making it MLS. Look at the Champions League. It's the first time in 15 years that Messi or Ronaldo aren't in the semifinals. It's upset city across the board, bro. And then so, boom, I knew deep Without down inside, I'm like, I'm like, Man City will mess this up. And Lyon's getting, why won't they just continue, like, going forward? And then the next damn day, what happens? Sevilla beats uh, Manchester United. Boom, Man, Man City goes down. Um, man, you goes down after the fact. We've seen all the big-time powerhouses. Inter Milan uh, has gone on. But, you know, Lipsig at this type of price, it's almost like, how do you not take it? And one thing that is true, too, is in these things, and I've left it on the table a bit, is there, there's there been no clean sheets, guys. Like, they're both, this both team to score thing, Julio's been hitting, and like, ever since, like, the quarterfinals in almost every damn tournament. Absolutely. I mean, a lot of these guys, either they're tired legs, or PSG, they're tired legs for not playing for several months. And, and, and again, at these prices, these are one-off matches. They're typically two-like fixtures. You're almost tempted to take the dogs. It's the risk out, uh, out you know, the reward. Excuse me, outweighs the risk when you're going with these large uh, dog prices. So again, I'm really tempted at taking Leipzig tomorrow. All the pressures on PSG. PSG are supposed to win. Everyone thinks PSG are supposed to win, but they've never won Champions League. A lot of these guys have never really gone over the top in this pressure. So. Everything's on the yeah, line for PSG. That's but, why I'm really tempted to take it Leipzig. One thing, yeah. They, they are stronger. So, it wouldn't, again, I wouldn't yeah, be surprised they, if they went 2-1, 3-1, or 4-1, but I still need to see it. That's why. They've got well, guys France, that won yes, World Cups, though. But, uh, yeah, like, <laughs> that's true. That is true. Like but yeah, both teams to score teams. over 2.5 is the play. Take, take, take care, Gabe. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Julio. That's the thing. Yeah, Paris Saint-Germain has it, but they've got guys that have played on the the, the, the largest of largest of largest of scales. Bayern Munich feels like the one sort of major team that's not going to choke. And listen, PSG weren't even supposed to get this far, so it just seems to me, man, you know, like it's the year of the upset. I do like the both teams to score uh, angle. The Philadelphia Flyers and the Montreal Canadiens, like Habitant, the Montreal. The Montreal Canadiens plus 115 at FanDuel. The Flyers are minus 135. The total is five and a half. We saw it was uh, one nothing. And there's no reason to believe that this is going to open uh, up and like turn into fire whack and hockey. We're going to be going with the under in this game. Portrait late night continues. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to Sports Radio with Gabe Morenci.
Bagels and Bad Beats uh, coming up. Scott Wetzel. Great job, Master Control, Midtown at Manhattan uh, this evening. Always a challenge when you have a UFC fighter uh, on the program, or, or any boxer, fighter, or comedian, <laughs> or or caller. Um, yeah, yeah, I guess it's just society in general. I guess it's just society in general. Or maybe it's just our guests and callers are all crazy. That's probably it. Um, and speaking of society in general, you know, like, what, like, kind of candy, candy, you know, pansy world are we living in now? You look at the National Hockey League yesterday, the Philadelphia Flyers and the Montreal Canadiens. I mean, come on, man. The Philadelphia Flyers, the Broad Street uh, Bullies, all right? The Flyers and the Canadiens playing in the playoffs. They're calling penalties for, like, uh, interference, like picks and stuff like that. Like, oh, you skated in front of, like, and you you obstructed, like, his his path. Yeah, and? Yeah, and, and, and yeah, what? Like, we used to put sticks, like, through each other's, like, eyeballs. And you're you're calling me for skating in front of someone? Like, and, like, really? This is the playoffs? And then you saw this garbage today in the Utah game, horribly officiated. Scott Foster sucks. And then they just wrap it up. Listen, I don't know what the hell it is about Mark Cuban, but the NBA hates him, all right? They they just do. It just is. All right, as far as the, speaking of the NBA, um, listen, normally, like I said, normally I don't lay 12 and a half points. I do think Milwaukee are going to really, really punish Orlando. Milwaukee are going to want to send a message. I think the game's going to go, um, I think it'll be like 120, you know, 126 to 105 or something. I do think it goes over the number, but when you're playing these big favorites, the safest way to go might be the team total. So it's up to you. You want to lay the 12 and a half, fine. I can live with it. You want to play the team total over 108, over 118 and a half for the Milwaukee Bucks. I can live with that as well. As we discuss, we're going uh, Carl Contrarian uh, with the Pacers plus the four spot. Give me the Oklahoma City Thunder to beat the Houston Rockets. I love that Blazers-Pacers game to go over the number. Thanks to Whalecap for Vince Michelle for kicking it with us. Catch you guys uh, on a Twisted Tuesday. Other than that, you're on your own. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.